the standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Let's take ourselves a little journey around the National Football League on this episode of the Steelers Standard. Lots of stuff to sink our teeth into. Lots of craziness happening. A lot of a lot of quarterback happening around the league. You know, we started today talking about how the offseason can be dry at times. Is it ever really dry? Not nationally, because... No, certainly not. There's, there's always, always someone that sends something stupid, and it just seems... <laughs> it happens to be Aaron Rodgers It's always time. better when they say something stupid rather than they say something... Something really smart, yeah. You can't really talk about something smart. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, last night on Instagram... You don't say Aaron Rodgers said something really stupid, cryptic, huh? I don't know if he said it, if it was stupid, but it was certainly cryptic. He took to Instagram, he posted 10 pictures, uh, the first slide being a quote... Gratitude is the wine for the soul. Go on and get drunk. That need what he called hashtag Monday night gratitude for some of the incredibly special people in my life with some pictures from the last beautiful year. Got pictures of Shailene Woodley, who he was engaged to, but they called off that engagement. Uh, he's got pictures of Bakhtari and Cobb and a bunch of his uh, uh, teammates from Green Bay, the quarterback room, his quarterback coach, and... A lot of people, including one with Matt LaFleur, too, which, you know, his relationship not the best with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, but he did post a picture with him, and this might just be Rodgers being weird and showing gratitude and trying to just kind of repair his image in a way of being a great teammate, but that's not how everybody's reading into this, because why would they read into this this way? This is being read into as, oh, bleep, is this his goodbye to Green Bay? <laughs> Or is this his goodbye to the NFL in general? A lot of people Come have on. followed this up. No, I'm Come telling on. you. A lot of people have followed this up with thinking he might retire if this is the kind of tirade that he's going on and posting these long Instagram captions with 10 pictures. And the one thing that everybody is kind of putting on their conspiracy theory hats on. This is this is a great... If you like conspiracy theories, this is right up. The last picture in the 10-slide uh, Instagram post that Rogers posted is Cobb and Adams' national anthem with a space in between them, a very clear space in between them. Now, as Internet Sleuth have pointed out, Rodgers, all year long, stood between Cobb and Adams during the national anthem every game, and he did not miss. This is the game, and this picture was taken during the Kansas City game when Rodgers had COVID, could not go to the stadium, could not be on the sidelines, so he was not there between Cobb and Adams. They still left the space room, though. He chose to pose that picture, and that's what's sending people into thinking, oh, he's done, he's gone. He's, he has literally removed himself from Green Bay in this picture. The funny thing is, though, I'm like, I know for a fact Devontae Adams is a free agent. I'm like 95% sure Cobb was only signed to like a one-year deal. So like, Cobb was only signed to that one-year deal because Aaron Rodgers. So like both bring, of these guys are my- probably gone from Green Bay if Rodgers is gone as well. So does that even matter? No, I'm just, I'm just looking at that as kind of a funny aside, but... The internet conspiracy theorists are out in full force for sure today when it comes to this Rogers stuff. And if you had to bet on one of the three possible outcomes, retirement, a new team, or returning to Green Bay, where would you put your chip? Well, if you're if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm coming I'm back, coming to, back Green to Green Bay. I'm coming back to Green Bay. That's loaded. You have a great head yeah. coach. You, if you come back to Green Bay, Devontae Adams comes back. I guarantee there is no market out there for Randall Cobb. You could sign Randall for another year if you, you want that know. guy. You shouldn't. But you're going to get David Bakhtiari back. You're going to get, what's his name, on defense? Ladarius Smith. Ladarius Smith, thank you, who was out for majority of the year. I, there is no better team that is going through you than the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, the team that you've been with your entire career. 
Why not? I know on NFL, like on NFL Today or whatever the afternoon show was on ESPN, Steve Young said if he were a free agent quarterback and he was the teams that need that could bring in a new quarterback, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay, he said the best spot for any of these guys would be San Francisco. But That's Aaron Rodgers is already in Green Bay. Why, why change your system when you know that team is willing to bend and and twist your every want or, or request? So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm sticking in Green Bay. But I'm not Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is one tough cookie to predict on what he's going to do. You said between staying in Green Bay, moving to a different franchise, or retiring, just because Aaron Rodgers talked me if he goes... I got to create my own path. I got to whatever. And he goes off from the NFL and he does retire. But I think the most likely result is playing on a on a new team. I lean towards either playing on a different team or playing for the Packers. I don't think he's going to retire. But it wouldn't shock me if he pulls a Rodgers and goes, you know, I, I've done my own research here. I, what's best for me is stepping away. If Adams comes back with him, they have the best receiver out of San Fran or Tampa Bay, right? It's well, close, so but they what, have the best one. What's I don't know what's going to first is... Because the only two spots that I see Rodgers moving to that would be equal to Green Bay is Tampa and Fran. Sure. That's it. No, I don't... I, like we, Denver... We talked, about, we talked about this last week. Cleveland should be... Uh, that would be another one that would be right up there. And they're not. But they're just not in it, so... So, actually, Stan Saverin had on a guest from ESPN Cleveland last week and saying that... Just because you're not hearing about it doesn't mean the Browns aren't pursuing a a quarterback trade or a quarterback acquisition, but that's just... That could be just poppycock. Sure, of course. They should be, by the way. But Absolutely. Rodgers, sh- I mean, the Browns should be going all out to get Aaron Rodgers. But Denver as the big big landing spot for Rodgers, that team is just not where the Niners or the Buccaneers are. Right. I mean, the head coach there doesn't have the pedigree that— But he is his beat. old quarterback's coach. That's true. Well, so. how about the fact that the Packers decided to bring in the quarterback coach that Aaron Rodgers supposedly loves more than anyone that he's ever worked with? Smart. You know, it's smart. I, if I'm the Packers, I'm, I'm trying to keep The Packers do are doing all, all of this. this for Aaron Rodgers. But he still says they don't help him ever. Like he's still the narr- He has somehow masterfully gotten the ground that the Packers are a bad franchise and don't help put talent around him, and that's kind of been able to eschew the criticism in the postseason until mm-hmm. I think this year. I think this year was the one where everybody was kind of like, "All right, dude, you lost to the Niners at home and you put up more than ten points. Like, keep out of here with the Packers. Don't set me up for success. Right. You don't set yourself up for success. Score more than ten points at home. Like you're especially when you say." In years prior, well, uh, if this game was played in Green Bay and in the snow in December or in January compared to sunny San Francisco where they lost the NFC Championship game in twenty twenty in the 2019 season, he was saying it's a different story. Well, guess what, buddy? The tides returned and the results were the same. San Francisco <laughs> went on, moved on, and you went home. Well, Aaron Rodgers is not the only disgruntled quarterback in the NFL not happy in Arizona. We all know what happened with the Cardinals starting 7-0. and Murray was the front runner for MVP. Then all of a sudden, the Cardinals stumbled. They ended up dropping down to a wild card spot, losing to the Los Angeles Rams, the eventual Super Bowl champion in the first round. They got just blitzed by them in that, in that football game to start, uh, to, to end the wild card weekend. Um, 
afterwards, Murray goes to social media and lets, lights that ablaze by deleting every picture that had to do with him and the Cardinals. The only two that remained were one of him in an Oklahoma jersey and another one of him in his Pro Bowl jersey from this past year. So he completely torches the Cardinals from his Instagram page. That obviously spun the rumors that he is not happy. Uh, C.D. Lamb has weighed in as far as this. Uh, mm-hmm. it's time for him to get paid, he said. He's very dynamic at what he does. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets paid soon. Uh, listen, he's not going to get a big-time contract just yet. You would be foolish if you were the Cardinals to have to pay, to overpay for your quarterback earlier than you have to. You, The way to win in the NFL now is to hit the lottery on a young quarterback, get on a rookie deal, and try to win in those first four years when he's extremely cheap. Look at what the Chiefs did. Sure. This past year was their last year cap hit was Mahomes' rookie deal. And that's why a lot of people were saying it's so big that they win the Super Bowl again this year. Because next year, Mahomes balloons up that cap hit, and it becomes a lot harder. Why would the Cardinals want to welcome that earlier than they have to? You know, uh, well, Murray, until, they're not gonna, until you not absolutely gonna, have to. They're not going to. Or if you do sign him to an extension, you don't let that cap hit hit till three or four years after he's in the league. Sure, you sign him to a long-term deal, but you make sure the cap hits his rookie deal for the mm-hmm. f- first couple years of that deal, kind of like Mahomes did this year, where it still stayed very manageable despite him inking that $450 million mega deal. I just don't see why C.D. Lamb gets dragged into this and has the the thought of, oh, he should get paid, until I find out that CowboySI.com tweeted or reported that Murray is playing footsies, quote, is what they used, with C.D. Lamb. And their thing that... They want Murray, or Murray really wants Arizona to not give a contract, but to trade for CeeDee Lamb from the Dallas Cowboys. He's demanding it. He wants CeeDee Lamb, a friend of his, played at Oklahoma together, to come in and be the receiver for him in Arizona. And because while what, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins and CeeDee Lamb good enough? It's a pretty damn good tandem right oh, there. Oh, of course. I mean, I think that elevates to probably number one or number two. But it's just not going to happen because... A, Cardinals don't have the capital that mm-hmm. would require to take such a skilled player. And B, Lamb's working his way into being the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys. I think they're, he already they're is. They're not going to move on from him. Right, Amari Cooper's fine. But he's, he's really good. He's getting older. And C.D. Lamb is getting better and now going into his third year of his career. And to what you brought up, like, the Cardinals fell off mainly because DeAndre Hopkins got As hurt. soon as Hop went down, they really started to... So I get your frustration if you're Kyler Murray and how you recognize that and say, I need a number one receiver, but you have one. So injury happen in the NFL. And as much as we just can, hope that he stays healthy next year yeah. and I think you'll be fine. And as much as we can compliment CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, I think when healthy, is probably wide receiver one, if not wide receiver two in this league. He makes so I think, many great catches. I mean Cooper Cup, wide receiver one this year. But over the like the last five years, it's I think DeAndre Hopkins has been the number one guy. I think so, too. Um, Maybe three years because A.B. was on the earlier end of that. I think he lost a little bit of uh, runway because of the this year. Guys like Cooper Cup kind of passed him by. Jamar Chase kind of passed him by. Maybe. But all it takes is a healthy year of DeAndre Hopkins again to be like right back in the I front. mean, first of all, when he was healthy, yeah, was that great. connect between him and Kyler was— They were 7-0. Yeah. I and mean, they could not be stopped. The offense was clicking on all cylinders. Defense was playing well. James Conner was scoring touchdowns here oh. and there. <laughs> than I could ever imagine James Conner scoring. And they had a really good uh, committee of running backs, too, with him and Chase Edmonds. Mm -hmm. But 
that things just the offense just became completely one dimensional with Hop going down and they tried. They got Ertz Philadelphia to come in to be another he target helped. for him. Yeah, but it's just a completely different offense without D Hop out there. Look, Murray, I understand you're faded. It is way too early for you to be acting like this though. And and, and you look in the what? mirror as far as some of these frustrations are concerned too, because you had some terrible plays down oh the stretch gosh. of the season, including interception in the playoff game. Which we all remember. Which is a play that you make that kind of play and no one's thinking, oh my God, Kyler Murray, what an amazing feat of athleticism to even try to get that out of there. They're thinking, this guy thinks he's still playing at Oklahoma and he can throw a pick six and it doesn't matter because they're going to score 60 points. Like, I like that confidence that you're going to score, but this is the NFL. A pick six in the NFL is pretty much a death sentence no matter who you're playing. Of course, and especially when you're playing against that Rams defense, led by Aaron Donald, who we now know had a fantastic playoff run overall, including and especially in that Super Bowl. But I, I agree with you, Tom. Kyler Murray is what has played in only how many seasons? It's the third season, I think, right? Unless your name is Patrick Mahomes and you've only played in three seasons in the NFL, you are in no position to be making this kind of this kind of demand or, or or act this kind of way. Well, speaking of, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins and receivers. There's more disgruntled behavior happening, this time out of Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-mm. I wouldn't say it's extremely disgruntled. Jarvis Landry, uh, on Tuesday morning of this week, took to Twitter and talked about how he played through an injury last season, and then he kind of evoked questions about the future he has in Cleveland. He said, you know, uh, I got hurt week two with a high-grade MCL sprain, a partial quad tear, and a bone bruise. Then came back way too early, and I ended up staying hurt the entire season, and you never heard me say anything about it. That's true. That is true. I mean, you knew he was hurt because he missed a couple games, but when he came back, obviously he wasn't as great as he probably has been in the past, but you never heard him talk about the injury at all. He really wasn't complaining. Wasn't. Not at all. Um, he also said his media availability didn't happen because he was focused on uh, getting on the field and being as healthy as possible during the week uh, after games. Uh, a strategic plan was set in place to be followed, and I followed it. But this is where it gets interesting. Quote, I have put the ball in Cleveland's court by telling them I would like to stay, but if not, then I'm confident enough in myself to be a, hel- a, be- to be a better, healthy me this year and moving forward to helping do my part in winning a championship elsewhere. That's a very interesting quote because it doesn't sound like he really wants out of Cleveland, but he's kind of like, hey, guys, if we're not on the same path of championships, we're trying to win championships here, I would really like to go to a team where I can get an opportunity. I wonder why he thinks because maybe his best, maybe friend. His best friend and teammate in college and the pros did exactly that. Well, that buys into it. He sees that happen, and he, he's – I mean, I – I want what he got. We were both the big dogs at LSU. I want to be right there with the Chases and the Jeffersons and the the Odells. I want my name in that group, and I think the best way to do that is for me to win a Super Bowl. But I also think the fact that he had to miss some games this year and he got injured and he wasn't the same after he came back from injury, coupled with what he said before the year, I missed zero games before this point, maybe he had a little bit of a, a revelation where he's like, I'm not going to be playing in this league forever. My body kind of betrayed me for the first time this year and never was able to get back to full strength. I'm confident in rehabbing over the offseason getting back to full strength, but 
as it stands right now, maybe I need to start looking at going elsewhere if my current franchise isn't as committed as I once thought they were because my time is numbered in this league and I don't want to have to wake up one day and my left knee isn't what it used to be. I can't run around anymore and I don't have any heart in my trophy case because of it. I don't blame him. And especially- so I think it's maybe a couple of winning and, oh, I got hurt and never was the same this year. I realized and the sands are running good. through maybe the hourglass. Maybe that's mature on Jarvis Landry's part for saying, I'm not who I once was, but I know if I'm put in the position, given the right role, I can be a contributor. Look at what Odell did. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's a very symbiotic thing between what Odell did and what Jarvis Landry is able to recognize for himself. If you do take Jarvis Landry out of the Cleveland Browns receiving core, oh my core, god, though, is that the worst wide receiving core in the NFL? It might be already, even with a Landry in there. But right now, this is how the depth chart currently reads for the Browns: Jarvis Landry is the number one, Donovan Peoples is number two. Anthony Schwartz is number three. Rashad Higgins is set to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Higgins is better than Schwartz, maybe better than Peoples Jones too. So that's guy they pro- you got to sign Higgins, right? Like, yeah, that's the only guy. You have I to mean, go, Peoples you have to go Jones out and get more. You have to go out and get more in yeah, the draft or free agency. But I would keep everybody in house just because you need bodies. Like you don't, you can't. Afford, what are you going to do? You're going to get rid of them and just bring in guys who are cut from other teams. <laughs> that's not way to run your franchise that's not going to work out for you because so. that's what you're going to be left with yeah i just i don't think that the browns can really afford to move on from landry but i kind of get where landry's coming from because they were supposed to be the new it team you know this he came to cleveland right at the beginning of that renaissance he, he was, was I there think the before first, odell i think he was the first big piece big piece that decided i'm going to go to cleveland and he gets there before Odell, and the team kind of builds in around him. And on you get, paper, you get they're Odell, a Super Bowl contender. You get Kareem Hunt, and then you get pieces on defense. And they're a Super Bowl contender on paper. For the past two seasons heading into the season, they've been considered that. Now, in this offseason, I guarantee you they won't be no, because of the past so. two seasons falling short. But sure. And, of course, because the of Odell Baker Mayfield. Thing. And the Odell Baker thing. more than Odell. Yeah, well, yeah, both. But I just don't really blame him for, hey, I was promised this year in Cleveland we were going to compete. We haven't even gotten to an AFC championship game yet. My time's numbered. I think I want to move on. And also, it's Cleveland. (laughs) It's really not that fun. If you're not winning and going to title games, there's really no point to being in Cleveland. I think that's what really Odell's undoing, too, is that if you're winning in Cleveland, I think Odell would have been fine. But once he's losing, not getting the ball, and realizing he's in Cleveland, that's dangerous. I mean, he was probably happier losing with the Giants than he was losing with... You, you think going out to Times Square afterwards or going to Manhattan? Close? Wherever you are in, in New York, yeah. Instead of going to Howl at the Moon in, I mean, in Cleveland. Look at what Joe Burrow said earlier this year about winning during the regular season. There's really not much to do in Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't need to really I mean, there's concern really, myself there's with really going out Sunday nights. Yeah. Now, as someone who's been to Cincinnati, I disagree. But I'm not Joe Burrow where I can get into any club in the world for, for free. free. He doesn't have to pay for a drink at or, all. Or skip a line. Do you think he already doesn't have to pay for a drink in Cincinnati forever, or do you think he has to win one first? No, I think he's, it's already, already there. Yeah, I think he's there. Because the bar's so low anyway. No one's won it before. At, no least, at least you got us back there like Boomer did. Right. Right. Finally, last note that I wanted to bring up before we wrap up this episode. Today is the day that the NFL franchise tag window opens. Stuff for players to be locked down without any say whatsoever from themselves, unless you pull a Le'Veon Bell and just decide not to sign that contract. But 
The beauty of the franchise tag, it get, it taketh, but it giveth with the fact that you are getting paid a lot of money, the average of the top five salaries at your position, and all that money is guaranteed, man. That stuff is going right into your bank account. I almost said the S word right there. <laughs> However, the flip side of it is it's one year of guarantee. Yeah, you money. blow out your knee. And that, could be that $16 million guaranteed is the last money you see for a little bit. Well, that's kind of what happened to Le'Veon Bell, isn't it? Absolutely, although he didn't sign it, which was just a, a dumb, dumb thing to do. Uh, big free agents that are candidates for the franchise tag, the Packers and Devontae Adams, uh, and J.C. Jackson, the corner, is another one that they put as far as the big ones. You also have Kansas City Chiefs left tackle Orlando Brown. And Arizona Cardinals linebacker Chandler Jones. So those are some of the big names that the NFL Network has thrown out as far as free agents that could be franchise tagged. As far as the Steelers are concerned, do you see them putting the tag on anybody? I don't. I think you put the tag on Hayden. He's too expensive. Same for with- what for who he is at his age, you cannot pay him top five cornerback money. Hayden right and now. Edmonds are probably the two candidates for a franchise tag. Edmonds I think far you, more likely. But I think you overpay both of them if you put the tag Absolutely. on. Absolutely. But Edmonds, considering his youth, his stability, it's a lot. you're a lot more comfortable paying someone that much younger than you are paying a veteran at Joe Hayden's age. But yeah, you're overpaying both of them. I do. But that's a good thing because right now you're not in any position to, like you were with Bud Dupree in 20 era. At the beginning of 2020, right? You, yeah. That was what you were left with, and you wish you could have gotten a deal done, and you didn't. But right now, things is just, for the 2022 offseason, things really are lining up for the Steelers. They're not in an uncomfortable position to have to franchise, being forced to franchise tag anyone, plus this ridiculous amount of cap space that they're not used to having could lead to a very productive offseason. It's just, we were talking about earlier in a previous episode with Kevin Colbert, are they actually going going to do anything with it? We're going to have to just wait and find out. We can sure. speculate all we want, but until it actually happens, we will not know. Uh, but getting we, back to the names league-wide, I think the name everyone's kind of looking at is Devontae Adams. Yeah, but I don't know. The Packers don't Unless the Packers franchise tag him just to, like, put the ball in Rodgers' court and sure, say, hey, that's- you have to come back. If you want to play Adams, it's got to be in Green Bay. Like he's not going to San Fran with you. He's not going anywhere else because he's going to get tagged. Is it? It's more likely. I would. Ta- you know what, Jacob? You just told me to do that. As far as a strategy to keep Rodgers, I tagged Devonte Adams. It's more likely if they both say the Packers don't don't give him the tag and they sign him, they'll both the, go elsewhere. Yeah, I think so too. Because elsewhere would be able but to it's, get more it's money. The first, the first piece I think is Devonte Adams. And luring in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's the key. If he gets the unrestricted free agency, if you're the Niners, if you're the Buccaneers, like what do they need? They don't right? really need it. That's yeah. a good point. Although Godwin's a free agent too, so they might just swap out Godwin. That's a huge upgrade. I love Chris Godwin. Don't get me wrong, but Devontae Adams is is pretty damn good. I would not franchise tag Terrell Edmonds to kind of. I think you can sign him to a one-year, two-year deal that's pretty affordable that won't break the bank and won't be the average of the top five safeties. And I think you just are unfortunately going to have to let Joe Hayden walk because the franchise tag is going to be too much. I do think there's going to be a team, a contender. You really think so? I think a contender that needs a number two corner is going to overpay for him. You know know what would be a ridiculous thing? Not a ridiculous, but wouldn't shock me? A team that just lost a veteran guy who won in the Super Bowl. Eric Weddle. Tore that pack in the Super Bowl. That's a safe, though. Oh, that's a good point. That's my bad. 
you were right on the, the, the trail, though, because what was the other team that played in the Super Bowl? Didn't have a cornerback that got toasted a couple times that Eli everybody Apple. gets that everybody makes fun of? Don't they have a lot of cap space, too, this offseason? They do. And you know what was pointing at me during the Super Bowl? Didn't they just re- didn't they sign a, a free agent cornerback from the Steelers just a year ago? So It's I, the Bengals, folks. I'm talking the about the Bengals. Did you know that seven of their 11 starters and by the season end free agent acquisitions yeah they they really have built that thing of the last two up. years that's incredible and it's rare for the Bengals who'd never absolutely spend money, but they are now and when they do it's typically bad signings right but it's not, not the right people they signed Trey Hendrickson this year and he led the team in sacks like they're really filling out that roster well seven of their 11 starters on were not on the team two years ago what if signed two free agent linemen drafted a couple linemen signed cornerback Jaden to a contract overpaid him to be their number two they're filling in a lot of holes. A lot of holes. This is the defense where you we You take thought... Hayden still over Apple, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think no the Bengals would too. They're going to look to replace Apple. As much as he talked on Twitter, he got burned in that Super no, Bowl. No, the Super Bowl, I think, was his undoing. And and I'm not going to be there. You get burned by the best receiver in football, Cooper Cup. But, like, he was sunning you all game mm-hmm. long, especially in the last touchdown, like, fade route to him. Cooper Cup's not big. Like he's so everybody get, and their mother knew that ball was going to go yeah, to turn Cooper around, Cup. Th- th- yeah. throw him into the ground, body slam, sure. do something. Also, I don't think you should be getting mossed by Cooper Cup. Like Cooper Cup's the best that you can. He's got great hands, you can but he's small. Like yeah. you should be able to beat him on a fade pattern. It's Odell that you worry about with the fade sure. patterns with that team, not Cooper Cup. So. And Odell wasn't even on the field. I hate to end it there, Steelers fans, but I think Hayden to Cincinnati is a very, it makes sense. very likely situation. It makes sense for both. Absolutely. Especially for a veteran ring. And a veteran trying to get money. Cincinnati's a better spot to chase that ring than Pittsburgh. Yeah. I hate to say that. Maybe it all changes, though, if Kenny Pickett comes in and he's a god amongst yeah, who men. Who knows? <laughs> that, Jacob, that's the beauty of it, right? It's the NFL. Who I mean. No. I mean would we have ever given Cincinnati no. a lick of credit no. before this year started? To go from worst to first and then go to the Super Bowl? No. Uh-uh. It's, this, it's the NFL. And I, you know what? I don't know if it'll be a worst to first kind of thing like the Bengals this year, first in the north, but there will be a team that was really bad last year that'll just wake up this year and be a very competitive football team. It's just the way that the NFL works that'll do it for us on this edition of the Steelers standard we'll be back again later this week with some fresh episodes till then he's Jacob Recht I'm Tom Offerman and we will talk to you next time